皆さん、こんにちは。And welcome to Shogo's podcast. So today, guys, I'd like to share with you something that I've learned that was really interesting when we went to a went to film a Kyoto Hidden Gem series recently. It was something that we were looking forward to doing for a really, really long time. It was actually the experience of making the katana. Well, Uh, basically,、um, you, it is a real、uh, katana workshop, and the, peop- the person running the activity is a real、uh, katana swordsmith. But what you actually get to do at the experience is about three or four hours long, and you do use the real steel that you use for making katana, but what you actually make is a small knife, though. But still, on the tools you use and the place you do it and everything, the procedures is all real, just like the real katana, it's just a miniature version. So it was a really cool experience, and I'm really looking forward. To making the video.、Um, I think we'll try to prioritize it as soon as possible、um, and try to post the video as quickly as possible. I think Tomoko will be doing the editing. But, anyways,、um, before we actually got into the activity on that day of actually going to workplace and such,、um, we were talking a little bit with、um, the, I'll, I'll call him the sensei, the,、uh, there's a swordsmith、uh, living in Kyoto. Um, basically, I will call him the sensei here, but we were talking a little bit about the culture of katana and such. And what we were talking about was、uh, he, he was a really, what should I say, talkative person. He likes to talk, I believe. And he told us a lot about the history and culture and a lot of things that I didn't know too. And, it, and a lot of things that only a person who is really dedicated in the field of katana, you know, dedicating his whole life to making these swords, it can, can think of, you know, and his opinions and such. And one of the things that he asked me, actually, he was giving me a lot of quizzes. I'm not too sure how much we'll be able to express it in the video we'll be posting.、Uh, we might be changing it into a lot of. A lot into my voices and not actually his voice itself, but he was asking a lot of questions to us as he was explaining about the history and culture of Japan and also Katana. And one of the things that he asked us was so,、uh, Yamagusan, well, that would be me. So let's just say Shogo-san. So, Shogo-san, I have a question for you, he asked me. So, what do you, why do you think? Why do you think? I mean, you just told me you really like Katana too. That's wonderful. Why do you think Katana n e e d to be so beautiful? You know, and that, that was his question. And that, that was really interesting for me. Come to think of it, katana is just originally a weapon, right? It's something that the samurai in the past used to swing around and attack people. Why did it have to be so beautiful? And the first thing that came out of my mouth was, was actually because it's a symbol of authority. For the samurai back at that time. So it needed to be beautiful. The more beautiful it was, it means the more money they could、uh, spend on their weapons, meaning they have a lot of power. And he said that, of course, is not wrong, too. It, it, that's correct. That is one correct、um, side of it. But he told us that there's something that's even more important, at least from his point of view, he told us. And it is because. The reason why the katana is so beautifully made is because katana for Japanese people was a deity. Basically, it was considered a god for Japanese people, you know, because Japan believes in Shintoism and also probably Buddhism has a、uh, really big influence on this idea as well. Where, we, you know, in Buddhism too, we believe that everything has Buddha in it, you know, and that's the reason why we need to treat everything with care. Something really similar.、Um, 
which just exists, this idea exists in Shintoism as well. It's uh, on polytheism and animism, you know, and we believe that everything has souls in them and everything is a god, but especially the katana has been something that's really, really important because, of course, like in any um, ancient story, swords and weapons are something that helped the country or the group of people to, you know, on uh, um, help them fight for independence or freedom or stuff like that so swords are really important but that's the same in japan as well you know it was believed that for example izanagi and izanami which were the first two gods that created japan when they made the first island of japan which was awajishima they actually used a spear for example so swords you know these kind of weaponry um even in those ancient stories are really important and then therefore they were actually seen as a deity and if it's something that you're going to be um, giving to God or seeing it as God itself, you need to um, treat it with a lot of care and try to make it as beautiful as possible. And that was his answer. And that got me really interested. You know, I thought that answer was really interesting. So I asked him a question that I really wanted to ask him when I went to the experience is that what is your opinions? This, this was me asking him now. What is your opinions? on all of the katana that are sold on uh, foreign websites like um, there's i'm pretty sure if you know uh if you like katana i'm pretty sure you know all of the websites that sell the battle ready um you know carbon steel katana that are uh, probably like one tenth or even cheaper than the price that are that are sold in, in japan the those kind of katana um, I wanted to ask his opinions on it because I made a podcast in the past and uh, about this topic and there's been a lot of people asking me like Shogo do you think I should buy this katana or what are your opinions on the katana sold on this website you know and I'm always really surprised to know that with just a few hundred dollars US dollars you could actually buy a sharp katana which is absolutely impossible in Japan and the the what should I say? The concrete reason to this is that in Japan, um, katana is considered a piece of art, and uh, there's a lot of strict rules for what a katana is, the definition of it, you know, of um, who who made it, what it's made from, where it was made, uh, if it has a certain, uh, what should I say, uh, characteristic as a sword and such. There's a lot of rules for it, and in order to clear all of these circumstances, um, and evidently, the katana turns into a really expensive item, you know, because it is a, a piece of art. So it's completely different, you know, um, what the idea or the definition of a katana is in and outside of Japan. So I wanted to know what his opinion is. Would you, would, I wanted to ask him, would you consider the katana or the swords outside of Japan as katana or not? And his answer was very ambiguous, but also really interesting. He told me that there's three um, really important, um, what should I say, criteria circumstances for him to consider a blade to be a katana, he said. Number one is that it can cut. It needs to, katana needs to be really, really sharp, first of all. Of course, it's a sword. So the main purpose is to cut. So if it can't cut, it's not a katana, right? Number one is that it's a katana. Number two is that it's beautiful. Um, the katana being very beautiful is also a really important uh, characteristic of a katana. So if it's not beautiful, if it's just a, um, it can cut, but not, you know, the, all the surface of the blade is really dirty or, 
you know, not so polished and stuff like that. That wouldn't be a katana either, he said. And number three was also really interesting, what he told me. He told me that a katana needs to be seen as a deity. And that is when it's finally seen as a katana. Or at least this is his opinion, by the way. So if it's a katana that has all three of these uh, factors, it could, he, he said it doesn't matter where it's made or who made it. If it can cut, if it's beautiful, and if people can see it as a deity, as a god, basically, something that people can worship, it's a katana, regardless of who made it, when, when and where it was made. Yeah. But he also did tell me, I want you to imagine, yeah, you know, in Japanese shrines, um, you can get these, um, I'm, I hope you know uh, what they are. If, if you have never, like, if you, if you ever, ever watched anime before, maybe, or if you went to a shrine before in Japan, or even temples, they give out these uh, small omamori, which are like these amulets, basically, for to ward off bad luck or for better luck and stuff like that. Um, there's um, some that you can buy for uh, more health, you know, and stuff like that, but it, it's called omamori anyways. He was saying that an omamori, like there's small amulets that you can buy at shrines and temples, those have meanings because they're sold at shrines and they're made by the people working at the shrine and the people selling them might be the miko, the shinto maidens, um, they might be just part-time workers, but still, when you buy at the shrines after praying and you buy those, the amulet has finally has a meaning. But for example, even if it's the same shape amulet that you're buying, you know, to take home as an omamori, but if it just if you just were watching it coming out of the factory, for example, and someone just throws it towards you, would you see it as something as important as the one that you actually went to your, yourself prayed at the shrine and actually bought it from the Shinto maidens or the one that just came out of the factory and were thrown towards you, would you be able to see these two things as the same things? Even if they look completely identical, would you be able to worship these omamori? Worship, well, yeah, you know, at least believe in its effects, you know, as much as the same, you know, these, can you see these two the same? The answer would probably be no, right? Mm -hmm. So he said this is a really important part. How the katana is presented, for example, on the website or wherever it is, or the how it is actually made, who it was made by, or uh, the procedures of how it was made. Um, even though, of course, if these three factors are there, it will still be considered katana. If it's not as, what should I say, if, if it's not as mm, careful enough, if the procedures are not as detailed enough as the traditional way the katana are made, people might have a harder time believing and worshipping the katana. And in that case, he said, maybe the katana that is made in Japan by licensed swordsmith might be a better option for people who really like the katana culture was his answer. And I think this is something that's really well explained and I wanted to share with you guys because it's something that I've been really struggling for a really long time. And I'm actually going to be making a, a uh, main video, by the way, about this. And I do want to answer it because I feel that a lot of these the blades or you know the katana sold on on those websites for example for just a few hundred dollars and such i think they can cut absolutely and they might be beautiful on the outside but number three this this you know 
if people can worship it is as a deity this is something that is a really important factor of a katana at least in japan you know that's how it's defined so i think this is something really interesting that i can share to all katana lovers and for people who are um, having a hard time deciding which katana they should buy and stuff like that so yeah i'm definitely gonna make a main video but i wanted to let you guys know in advance because i thought this story was really really interesting so then everyone, as I always say, the ultimate goal of my life is to make all Japan lovers' dreams come true. So I know there's a lot of people studying Japanese, willing to come to Japan to travel, study, or work, or even train in traditional culture and such. Just like the Katana and, you know, Yaido or stuff like that, right? However, I am very afraid that Japan will not be able to make everyone's dreams come true in the future because we're facing a lot of social problems, we are losing our traditional culture, and the younger generations who are supposed to be carrying on the good things about Japan are dying because of all the social issues being shoved against them. So I really want to dedicate my life to try to make Japan a better place. I want to try to solve the social problems, preserve and evolve traditional culture, and also help out the younger generations so they can have a better future. And to do this, the nearest goal I have right now is to achieve 2 million subscribers by January 2023 in our main channel, so our likes and comments will help to boost our videos and new viewers have never seen our channel before, so it'd be great if you can help us out. And by the way guys, um, today is the day, the, at the time of recording, today is the time on um, the day when I'm supposed to go to my no theater training, but it seems my sensei, Yamada sensei actually has a really high fever. Um, it might be something really similar to what we caught, you know, last week, so it, it seems it's really, really, uh, what should I say, going... How do, you, how do you say about sicknesses? I forgot the right word. You don't say it goes viral, right? It's... It's uh, dominating us. <laughs> no, that's not the right word either. But anyways, it, it seems it's really spreading a lot of the sickness. I hope my sensei gets better too. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. And I'll talk to you again soon, guys.